Welcome to Bible Center Church, and thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. We pray that the Lord speaks to you as you hear from His Word today. But I was humbled yesterday at Chick-fil-A. I ran into one of our families, Sarah pointed them out, and, and I went over and spoke with them, and, and there's a six-year-old son, I'll go ahead and tell you who they are, it's uh, John Vinsel, John Vinsel Jr., I guess, and his six-year-old son, Jacob, I was talking with him, and John told me the story about Christmas Eve. At Christmas Eve, we typically have every child come up and sit on the stairs, and I read them a Christmas story, and so I don't know, there were a hundred or a thousand kids up here. There were a lot of kids. And uh, little Jacob in one of the services ran up and wanted to sit beside me first. So I was feeling really special, right? I mean, six-year-old Jacob, that's great, wants to sit beside the lead pastor of his church, and he gave me a fist bump, I gave him a fist bump. But his dad told me at Chick-fil-A yesterday that when after he sat back down, he asked Jacob, he said, Jacob, do you know who that man was? And Jacob told him, he said, Daddy, I have no idea, but he reads a nice story. So if you don't know who I am, that's totally okay. You're among friends, but I am Pastor Matt, the lead pastor here, and uh, we're so excited for what the Lord is going to do in our service today, Uh, but even more than that, this decade, as we seek to go all in for the gospel and for the city. Let me invite you to go ahead and open your Bible or your Bible app uh, to the book of Matthew. We're going to begin in a moment reading the words of Jesus from the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5. While you're turning there or getting your app out, the words will also be on the screen. I want to tell you the story about the Maker Center, what you just saw, what Michelle spoke about. Uh, I want to share with you why we're doing what we're doing and a little bit about what we're doing. This past week, I was able to spend uh, some time down at the Maker Center. And when I left, I knew I was going to be blessed, but I had no idea how blessed I was going to be. By the time I got back in my truck and started heading home, I was moved emotionally. Um, I'm not moved emotionally a lot, at least not to the point of tears, but uh, my eyes filled with tears as I thought about what God is doing through our city ministries team and really through our entire church in the city, particularly right now at the Maker Center. And so my story with the Maker Center is, in one sense, relatively new. I have done very little to get this off the ground, as I want to confess at the beginning. Uh, But I also want to kind of let you know where Sarah and I first became acquainted with the idea of a Maker Space back in 2011 when we first moved to Louisville. Uh, Louisville is an innovative city, as some of you know, and there's several different maker spaces around the city, and so we had never heard of them, but we began to be acquainted with the idea while living there. In case you're not sure what a maker space is, it's a nonprofit collaborative community workshop where a group of people pull their resources, usually their tools, their technology, or their art, for the common good of making, learning, exploring, and sharing. Now, at most makerspaces, you pay a low monthly fee, much like you would at a a gym where many of you belong. But instead of exercising your body, at a makerspace, you exercise your mind and your hands. Makerspaces usually around the world give you access to things like 3D printers, robotics, electronics, computers, woodworking tools, and art supplies. But really, they can include anything that the members want them to include in the space. 
The way I like to think about a maker space is it's kind of like a community garage. Here's some pictures of maker spaces around our country. Uh, this isn't our maker space, but these are, here's a place you can see the collaborative nature of a maker space. These students uh, working on some art. You can see the next slide. We have a, a woodworking shop, which is a big part of our maker space. Then we have uh, 3D printers. Those of you who have ever been golfing with me know that I need a lot of those printed by the time I'm done. Uh, but that's 3D printer, printing a golf ball. Um, I'm told that 3D printing is the future in medicine, being able to create uh, replacement parts for you and me as our bodies fall apart. Here's another picture of something you might see at the Maker Center or the Maker Space. Art is a big part. We actually have an art studio in our Maker Center. But what's important about a Maker Space is to understand that it's a place where things are actually made. Author and university professor John Spencer writes this. He says, I see a makerspace as simply a space designed and dedicated to hands-on creativity. The key thing is that members actually make something. Creativity is always idea generation, and it often includes problem solving. But in a makerspace, you actually create some kind of product. It might be a digital product or a physical product. But there's an actual product. It's a space devoted to and set up for making. At most makerspaces, there are classes and events and interest groups where we can share what we know. It's built on this idea. I have skills that I can share with you, and you have skills that you can share with me. Now, to be completely transparent, as I always try to be whenever I speak to you, I want to let you know that when I first heard about Bible Center getting involved in this maker space or the maker center idea, I was a bit skeptical. And so I want to just tell you why I was a bit skeptical. I think a lot of it has to do with the way I grew up and with the culture in which I grew up. You see, I grew up with a, a, not a garage, but a tool shed full of tools that I had access to anytime I wanted. At our house, we had plenty of room under a carport and in a backyard or a side yard to build whatever we wanted to build. And I had the freedom to do that. I had a dad who was always available. I had uncles and cousins who were always available. And so that the idea for me of why would we need a collaborative space where you share all of these things? Who wants to share all of this anyway? But imagine with me for a moment you live in a home or an apartment that doesn't have a tool shed or a garage like I just mentioned. It might be in the city or it might be outside the city. Imagine the frustration of not having the tools to build what you want to build, not having the money to buy the technology you want to buy, or not having the space to create the art you want to create. Maybe you have the space and the money, but maybe you lack the expertise. You, you need a teacher to teach you something about this hobby that interests you, or you need a teacher to help advance your career. Or, or even worse, imagine that you're out of work. And I know a few of you don't have to imagine because you're there. But if you know whenever you go on the job application and, and it asks you for your skills, imagine getting to that space on the job application and having absolutely nothing to write down. That's the nature of many people in our culture today. 
So where do you go to learn those skills? Where are you going to go in Charleston or the world to learn skills to write on the application? Well, around the world, you would typically go to a maker space. Here's a map of maker spaces around the world. You can see there are hundreds, if not thousands, around the world. But this map was particularly interesting to me. Look, let's look at the map of the United States of maker centers, maker spaces right now. Now, that's a lot, but what do you notice on this map about West Virginia? Do you notice there is hardly a maker space or a maker center idea in West Virginia? I've since learned that there's one in Morgantown in Clarksburg. There's something similar in Huntington. There's nothing in Charleston, and yet all the polls say that we're the state that needs it the most, and so we believe Michelle and her team and many people in our church believe that now is the time for us to create what some called makerspace, but we're calling a maker's center for the good of our local economy and for the way of building gospel bridges into our community. We want to help adults and students thrive with skills they can use in life. Now, a couple years ago, one of our deacons is John Burdett, and John would die if he knew I was going to share this. I don't know if he's in this service or the next service, but John was actually my youth leader when I was a kid, when Sarah and I were dating. So if you want to know any stories on Sarah and I, just ask John and Melanie. Uh, but John is one of our deacons here at Bible Center, and John had a building that he wanted us to use. He was going to donate the use for free. And a couple years ago, Michelle checked it out, and some of our leaders checked it out and thought, you know, we're not really sure we can use the space. Thank you. There was actually several of you who talked about buildings and space that you wanted to make available. And at the time, it just didn't work. And so she said, no, no thanks. But over the course of the last couple years, God has been working in the heart of our church to make this a reality. And I think this is interesting. On the day Michelle called John, to say, hey, is that building still available that you own? John told her this. That very day, his insurance agent had called him and said, and basically, enough is enough. You have to put somebody in that building. It can no longer set vacant, or you've got to get rid of it. And so that's the very day Michelle said, is it available? And now it's available to us, Bible Center, for the use of the Maker's Center Today we're going to look at several verses throughout the Bible, and I'm going to try to answer the question, why must we launch the Maker Center? Now in your bulletin, on the back of the bulletin or on the outline in the app, you probably noticed that the title is, Why Launch the Maker Center? But yesterday I added in, Why Must We? And our communications department was so good about writing it in the PowerPoint. Why must we launch the Maker Center? And I realize as I speak, preach this message, there are several different kinds of people listening to me. One, there's people here or, who are super excited about this. When I, you, you, you're here because you knew I was talking about the Maker Center. And you just like are about to come out of your seat. You're so excited. So I realize there's excited people. And then there are probably people like many of us, maybe just indifferent people or you're not really sure how you feel. You were just lucky to dig your way out of our heavy snow this morning. And, and make it here to church. The kids, you, you got them here just in time and you're still trying to figure out where you are. I totally get that. There are Sundays that I come here that way. It's okay. 
But if that's you, I'm going to do my best to try to capture your imagination and to try to help you catch a vision for what we're doing. And then I know there are others of you that maybe are skeptical of the Maker Center. Why would we do this when we have so many other irons in the fire, so many other responsibilities? Maybe even when you heard we were going to talk about it, you told your spouse this morning, really, really another, another outreach. Why are we doing this? If that's you, I want you to know you're welcome here as well. It's people like you who keep us grounded. It's people like you that help us not just fly away with 30 visions, making sure that we keep our bearings. But, but I'm hoping this morning that I can also speak to you and help you get excited about what God is doing and see this truly as a God thing. Why must we launch the Maker Center? Number one, and we're going to move quickly, it gives us greater presence in the city. Number one, it gives us greater presence in the city. Notice what Jesus said in Matthew 5, 13. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Why must we launch the Maker Center? It gives us a greater presence in the city. In this famous sermon, Jesus uses two illustrations in these four verses, one of salt and one of light. Several observations about the salt and light. One, that in order for salt to be effective on to flavor something or to preserve something, there has to be a presence. It has to actually touch the thing that it's seeking to flavor or seeking to preserve. And so in the same way, Jesus calls us to be very much in the world. Not of the world, but in the world. Jesus defines light here as good deeds. Now, we know that the light, Paul later is going to say the light is the gospel of Christ. And we believe that too. The gospel is definitely and, and always communicated through words. But the gospel is also seen through works. Jesus says your good deeds are the light that he wants others to see. All the use, if you're taking notes, you might want to write this down or make a mental note. I thought this was interesting. All the use in Matthew chapter 5 are in the second person plural. Now, for you three English teachers who love that, you know what I'm talking about. But the idea isn't that it's like you, Bob, and you, Tim, and, and you, Steve, and, and you, Joe. It's not individuals, but the idea is that you all. That means that all of us, that, that means that we together are the light of the world. Jesus says our collective presence as a church is the light of the world. And we believe that's what the Maker Center does for us. It gives us a presence in, in the part of the city that we're not really in yet as much as we want to be there. Since launching the Maker Center or begin moving in the Maker Center, uh, the city ministries team has developed a relationship with Mary C. Snow Elementary. Their teachers were in some of the pictures that you saw, coming over to learn some of this augmented reality, uh, virtual reality technology on Z-Space. 
And so we're going to be able to bring their students over to the makerspace, maker center, and teach them Z-space. That's presence. About two blocks from the maker center is Recovery Point. Recovery Point is, has a number of residents that aren't allowed to walk more than two and a half blocks from the recovery point. They actually have, many of them have ankle bracelets that prohibit them from walking more than two and a half blocks. Well, the good news is that the Maker Center is right in the heart of their two and a half radius. And so the, the target audience for the floral design program that's ready to launch right away is to provide many of those ladies at the recovery point with the skills they need in floral arrangement to work at flower shops or grocery stores that make flowers available. A block away is the Mountain Mission. Like Union Mission, they're primarily an emergency center. But we at the Makerspace are a community center. They offer food, which is such a need. You know, when you're hungry, the first thing you need is food. But we offer training and community. And so we're seeing partnerships develop with places like Mountain Mission and Union Mission. We already do a Halloween outreach and a Mother's Day outreach at Orchard Manor. Uh, we provide a federal, we, we help them check off a federal guideline, a, fe a federal box every year by doing family enrichment at the Orchard Manor. This past year we had Casey Legg come and uh, wear his Mountaineer jersey. And, and man, he might as well have been, you know, a Hall of Fame NFL player. They just flocked to him. He was signing autographs. We were providing free family pictures for people at Orchard Manor, and many of them had no other picture hanging in their house of their entire family. We're saying, at no cost to you, we want to do this. All of that is within walking distance of the Maker's Center. It gives us a greater presence in the city. Number two, why must we launch the Maker's Center? Well, it's a billboard for gospel renewal. It's a billboard for gospel renewal. The gospel is the center of all we do at Bible Center. If you were to pop the hood of Bible Center Church, the engine that you would see under the hood is the gospel. And so we like to say the gospel like this. God creates, sin breaks, Jesus saves, Jesus transforms, and God restores. So this idea of God creates is at the heart of why we called it the Maker's Center. You see, it's capital M. If you Google Makerspace, it's always lowercase m around the world. But we believe in the maker of heaven and earth, the God who made all things, who needed nothing. And so we believe that the, even the very truth of creation proclaims the gospel. And so while people are creating at the Maker's Center, we're going to be able to tell them about the maker of heaven and earth. The gospel, God creates, sin breaks. Just a quick stroll through Charleston, not only on the west side, but on the east end, on the south side, where many of us live, on the north side. Brokenness is brokenness no matter where you live. Sin breaks. Now, in some of our neighborhoods, it's just hidden behind white picket fences, but the same brokenness still exists in your neighborhood as it does in mine or as it does where the Maker Center is located. Sin breaks. But thankfully, Jesus saves. John 3.16, For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. 
we make no apologies. We've actually received one significant grant and several large donations for the Maker Center. Um, Since Michelle is here, I would say not large enough. I don't want to make it sound like we're fully funded because we're not. We have a long, long way to go. Is that good? I say that good. Um, But we received some, some, uh, one particular grant, and in all of our grant writing, we're saying we are about the gospel. We are not ashamed of that. We're about Jesus, and we'll never be ashamed of that as long as we're in leadership at Bible Center Church, and I know that's your heart as well. Jesus saves, but also Jesus transforms. The gospel isn't just that our sins are forgiven and we're on our way to heaven, but the gospel calls us to a life of transformation. God changes us day by day. You know, none of our lives look like this. It's not like every day we're getting closer to being more like Jesus. Some of our lives look more like roller coasters, you know. But over time, we're becoming more like Christ through his word and through his church. And so one of the ways we can express that is through the Maker's Center. Even the building itself. If you would have seen the building two years ago or even a year ago, Compared to what you're going to see today, it is a night and day difference. And one of the ways we can say, hey, you want to know what transformation looks like in your life and in my life? Let me show you these pictures of the Maker Center. This is what Jesus is doing in my life, just like he's doing in this building. And then, of course, the Maker Center will show that God restores. When Jesus wanted to show people what restoration looked like, he did miracles. Every miracle Jesus ever did was temporary except rise from the grave. Every miracle that he ever did, every belly he fed, every person he raised from the dead, they got hungry again and they died again. So why did Jesus do those things? Well, certainly to show that he is God, but also if you look, it's to give a taste, a picture, an illustration of what restoration looks like. When we want to show people what restoration looks like, we're going to point them to a Maslow CNC woodcutting machine to a Glowforge 3D printer, or to Z-Space augmented reality. We're going to introduce them to some of the, the city's best contractors and, and woodworkers and craftsmen, and we're going to introduce them to the city's best educators and artists and IT experts. Better yet, if we want to show people in the city what the gospel looks like, we're going to introduce them to you because the gospel's at work in you, and you have something to show our city by just being present. I mentioned earlier that it's, it has a membership connected to it. You say, why would we do memberships when there would be, no doubt, a number of people who couldn't afford a membership, even though the monthly membership is low? Well, people can earn points by taking certain classes. Those points will actually earn them the membership rights to participate and take other classes in the makerspace. They can take classes on the gospel, take classes on prayer, classes on phone etiquette, classes on parenting, which is required in many CPS standards, classes on shop safety, which probably needs to be the first class we teach, overcoming childhood trauma, classes on basic life skills, like how to balance a a bank account, how to prepare a healthy meal, or how to change a tire. And people who can't, maybe perhaps can't afford the monthly membership can then use those points to then take other classes like sewing, Microsoft Excel, Microsoft Word, cake decorating, 3D printing, construction and woodworking, which we're in partnership with Union Mission. 
we actually have a driver's education class. I said this a few weeks ago, and I'm just pretty pumped about it. I took driver's ed, and I think everybody ought to take driver's ed. Somebody's donated a car for us to have for our driver's ed. One of our groups bought the brake that you need to teach driver's ed. There are people right now who can't get jobs because they can't drive. One of our entrepreneurs here in the church said, I would give anything to have a driver's ed class I could trust because so many of his men and women that he hires aren't able to drive their equipment until, of course, they get their license. I read an inspiring story this week I want to share with you. It was about John Huss. John Huss was a priest about 600 years ago. He was actually, a, a became a martyr for the faith. But he was a priest in Prague at the Bethlehem Chapel. And, and I didn't know this until this week. But in their chapel, in their church, here's a picture of it, there's actually a well. You can still visit it. And, and tourists ask the question, why is there a well in the chapel? From what I read this week, even in the middle of their worship services, people who weren't believers, who weren't Christians, were welcome to come into the chapel and draw water from the well. Can you imagine that? I mean, I get distracted by the least little thing. I can't imagine people just walking up here and getting water. But John Huss did that for a number of reasons that I'll not mention, but just because of the sin in the city, the water was polluted. And so they dug a well in their church. It was a place where they had found a spring. They dug a well because they wanted to provide clean water with no strings attached. The maker center is our well. The maker center is one of the ways that we show our city, hey, look, we love you and there are no strings attached. Yes, we want you to come to Jesus. And yes, we want you to take a class on prayer or a class on the gospel. But whether you ever do or not, we are going to love you like Jesus. That's why we're doing the maker center. We don't have a well, but we've got a little building down on Patrick Street that we believe may do the exact same thing. Why are we doing, why are we launching the Maker Center? Well, it's certainly a billboard for gospel renewal, but number three, it helps us obey Jesus' greatest commandment. It helps us obey Jesus' greatest commandment. In Mark chapter 12, you can turn there if you like. The words will also be on the screen. Mark chapter 12 and verse 28, I, I was just going to put verses like 28 through 30, but I just couldn't get away from the full context. Mark 12, 28. Think about this event. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer. He asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, Jesus answered, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Well said, teacher, the man replied. You are right in saying that God is one and, and there is no other but him. To love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. Sometimes we do good work 
to build gospel bridges. But sometimes we do good work just to fulfill the second greatest commandment, to love our neighbors as ourselves. Who does the Maker Center help, particularly? Who are we trying to love? Well, one group of people is just the community at large. Any of us in here can actually become members and join the Maker Center. Uh, we can take our children. We can take our grandchildren down there. I was down there this week doing some of that augmented reality where you wear the glasses, learning how a heart is made, because that's really important in my business to know how the actual heart is made. And I'm like touching it. And I felt like I was right there learning things that I'd never learned before, hands-on. So the community at large. But another group of people, of course, are our students, particularly uh, elementary students, students of Mary C. Snow Elementary School. I found this quote this week that, that really sums up how the Maker Center is going to impact students. Again, author and university professor John Spencer writes, We know that students learn at a deeper level and retain more when they're engaged. So making and creating allows for deeper learning. There was a time when you could follow this formula. Think about how true this is. Work hard at school, go to college, climb the corporate ladder. But because of the complex global economy, our students will be forced, this includes my children, will be forced to navigate a maze. And because it's a maze, what, they need in order to, what do they need in order to navigate that? They need to be able to engage in creative and critical thinking. They need to know how to pivot, how to change, how to revise, how to persevere, how to solve complex problems. All of those are involved in that maker mindset. Richard and Michelle tell stories of the children that they've adopted and and I realize there's a number of different circumstances for adoption. There's never just one circumstance. But a couple of the children they've adopted, they've adopted out of extreme poverty. And they tell the stories that for those particular children, they asked them the question, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they said their children from that background had no answer. They had never thought, what do I want to be when I grow up? They had never learned to dream. Some of the simple questions that we ask our children, they had never been asked. And so we believe the Maker Center is going to impact children in a great way. But the third group that we're, we want to impact are people who are in recovery and seeking recovery. At different times, the building will be available to them. And certificate programs will be able to provide them with the training and knowledge to have better paying jobs and thus remove their families from poverty. This isn't on the screen, but if we can remember this going forward for years to come, let's remember this. We don't want to provide things for people that we think they need. We want to provide things for people that they actually need. We don't want to provide things for people that we think they need. We want to provide things for people that they actually need. Maybe you're wondering, Pastor Matt, is this just political socialism? I mean, really, is, is that what this is? Oh, absolutely not. It's actually something the church has been involved in for 2,000 years. I'll ask you this question. How many have ever heard of Charles Spurgeon? Anybody ever heard of C.H. Spurgeon? A lot of us have. He was a pastor of the Metropolitan Tabernacle Church, one of the world's first megachurches, if we're going to call it that. It was about 150 years ago. 
London, about 150 to 170 years ago, was experiencing similar circumstances that we're experiencing in West Virginia. The reasons were different, but the outcomes were the same. And so Spurgeon was so burdened that his church get involved in not only preaching the gospel, but also building these gospel bridges that their church built orphanages and created care centers for the elderly and for the widows. They started programs to teach business to future entrepreneurs. And after they stepped into the city in these ways, their church exploded in a good way. I read this week that Spurgeon actually got up and would tell his members to skip one Sunday a month to make room for everybody else who didn't find a seat. Can you imagine? Now, we're never going to do that here. We'll make room. But, hey, skip a Sunday a month. Because when a church steps into the city, God does amazing things. It helps us obey Jesus' greatest commandment. These next few, quickly. Why must we launch the Maker Center? It creates gospel conversations with people who may not derive here. It creates gospel conversations with people who may not drive here. Many of you live on Charleston's west side. My wife's parents grew up much of their lives on Charleston's west side. Some of the prettiest architecture in Charleston still is on our west side. But there are people, just like every part of our city, who live near the Maker Center who, one, don't have cars, or even if they did have cars, wouldn't drive all the way out to Bible Center Church. And so we believe this is a way for us to go to them. Think about what Jesus did for us. Jesus didn't just set up in heaven and wait for us to come to him. But at Christmas, we're reminded he came to us. And we want to bring Jesus to people who don't yet know him. Number five, why must we launch the Maker Center? It's a tangible expression of our values, a tangible expression of our values. If you haven't seen it yet, before you leave today or sometime this week, just check out the, the value posters on the back glass. Jessica and Rosalind did a great job putting all that together. You can actually see the seven values that I preached through back in August and a little bit in September. These are the values of our church. Our elders worked on these for about a year. We listened to so many of you. Our staff worked on these. And we believe these things are true of us now and have been true of us since 1943 when we started. But the Maker Center actually fits all seven of these values. Think about the gospel. We're all about the gospel. Think about generosity. As I took a tour this week, I would never embarrass you, but Michelle and her staff told me, about so many of you, one electrician donated four weeks of work to make us be able to open. One HVAC company donated the time and supplies to move our entire HVA system so we could enlarge a stairwell. Many of you as master craftsmen and IT experts and artists and contractors and painters and floor sweepers have been so generous with your time. One person saw the siding on the front of the building and they said, though, this siding is not going to do. And they had the complete siding replaced. So it really looks like a techie building. Generosity. 
It fits our desire for growth, not only individually and spiritually, but for us to reach more people. It fits the idea for family. People are going to come to the Maker Center. People in the community, Michelle's going to tell us, they're going to come for the tools, but we want them to stay for the family. They're going to come for the tools, but we want them to stay for the relationships. And of course, learning and innovation and city go without saying It's a tangible expression of our values. Number six, why must we launch the Maker Center? Number six, it fits our vision. It fits our vision. What is our vision at Bible Center? We want to saturate the city with the gospel. That's our vision. We believe if we produce maturing followers of Jesus for long enough that eventually we can, and intentionally enough, we can saturate our city, the greater Canal Valley, with the gospel. How are we going to do that? We're going to do that through three ways. We're going to do that through, first of all, making disciples. Second of all, through meeting needs. And thirdly, through multiplying influence. We'll talk about those others another Sunday, but think about how meeting practical needs is such a great way for us to build relationships with people in the city that we love so well. There are several ways we're already meeting needs as a church. Adoption and foster care. So many of you are involved in that. We have the foster closet. Uh, Think about education. That's another one. Education. We have Bible Center School. Nearly 350 kids at Bible Center School right now. We're not saying that's the only school or the only choice or option, but we believe it's meeting a need in our city. Hey, think about counseling and addiction recovery, things like celebrate recovery, healing hurts, habits, and hang-ups, our ministries to families with special needs through the lodge and the special needs prom. We're involved in business. So many of you men and women are involved in business, but we believe this is another step in city ministries to meet practical needs. Lastly, why must we launch the Maker Center? Why would, we, why would we consider this something we have to do today? Like we can't wait another day. Number seven, it fits our history. It fits our history. From the very beginning, Bible Center Church has been all about the city. Do you know that our official name is not Bible Center Church? Our official name on all the documents that we sign is the City Bible Center, DBA, doing business as Bible Center Church. That's still our official name. Check out this sign from, I believe, the early 50s when we moved to the boulevard. See the sign? The new site of the City Bible Center. My youngest daughter was a little bored over Christmas break, and so I gave her something to do. Um, what more to do than to go through old church bulletins from 1943 to 1945. She went through three years' worth of bulletins, and I said, honey, write out a list. And don't worry, I compensated her. I put, write a list of all the things for three years in our church bulletins we were doing to be involved in the city. This is her list, just a sampling of her list. Hospital and prison ministry. One way or the other, we ran or helped in some sort of soldier and sailor Christian center. If you were around back then, I'd love to hear about that. It's, of course, during the war. Thanksgiving dinners for the hungry. You could sponsor a dinner for a hungry neighbor for 66 cents. 
Union Mission Ministries, a long partnership in the city, and the list could go on and on. We believe God is still at work in our city, and we want you to be a part of the story of the Maker Center. I want to invite Michelle Thompson up as we prepare to close. Michelle, will you join us? This is Michelle, really the mastermind behind the Maker Center. Will you welcome Michelle to the platform with me? have a seat. Michelle, will you share with us just some of what you shared with me and Sarah this week? Uh, I will. The Maker Center is an idea that originally has grown to what it is today, but seeing how God has led us, a few of the things that happened, he mentioned driver's ed, that is not something I planned to have at the Maker Center, and originally it was just planned to be a place where we could help people do training, to learn things to get better jobs or to better themselves. Even learning a hobby is a good thing for your mental health. And so that was our plan, but it was one of those things that God just put all the puzzle pieces together and I just couldn't ignore it anymore. We had to do driver's training and uh, it's thanks to you. So what I want you to see is this is a project that is all of us. You know, the last time I was up here and presented the idea to you, I said, if you own a business or you and you hire people, or you have a skill that you could teach, please come talk to me. And someone walked up to me and said the next Sunday, Michelle, I'm retiring as a driver's ed teacher, and I, if someone needs to learn to drive for their job, I could do that. And I thought, oh, how sweet. You know, if we have someone that needs to come and study for their learners or something, she could tutor them. And it just became so clear that God wanted it to be more than that. I got an email recently asking us if we would be the place to train people for driving who are in the system with a DHHR already, there is a program out there trying to help families keep their children if um, CPS has been involved. And they contacted us and asked if we'll help those families um, with the driver's license. So it's such a thing that has been a God thing to watch, even the way the vehicle came to be in the break. So please, when you're thinking about the Maker Center, don't be afraid to come and approach us with an idea. I didn't think we'd try teach driver's ed, but it was a God thing. But I'd like to tell you the story of one young man that I met down on the west side. It was actually at the Maker Center working one day and ran over to get lunch at a local fast food restaurant that's close by. And I, there was no line behind me that day, which I think was appointed by God. But my lunch also wasn't ready, so I stood there talking to the young man who was waiting on me, and um, he just really started to talk. I just asked him one question, and um, he lives on the west side. He walks to work. His son is in foster care, and he is working very, very hard to get his son back. And all of the cards are stacked against this young man. We'll call him Bobby. You know, he grew up in poverty. He has no support system today. His mom died of a drug overdose before it was even a common thing, and he never knew his dad. He's working hard to get his son back. And I just said a simple thing to him. I said, I am so proud of you. And it can almost bring tears to my eyes today because it just stopped him in his tracks. And um, when I think about Bobby's story and how hard he's working, I see all the way the Maker Center can impact all the Bobbies in our city. He needs better training so he can get a better job. He's working all the hours they will give him, but his job doesn't pay him enough to support a family and live independently and have his son home with him. 
so he needs a better job. That's what actually made me mention the Maker Center to him. I was like, listen, it's not open yet, but we're planning to do this training just down the street. You could walk there. I didn't know where he lived yet. Um, so he could do training for a job. Now he's one of the first people that called and asked us if we could help him study for his test. He said, I'm not good at, at tests. And um, the woman who's going to teach our driver's ed was so sweet. She said, you know what, all through the years I've had some special education students too. I've got lots of practice tests. We'll make sure he can pass his test. How sweet is that? Um, in addition to that, we have a place of community. He actually used the word community. He needs support. He said, I have no support system, no one that cares about me. And he could see within a few minutes that we cared about him. So I gave him my business card before I left a fast food restaurant that day and said, please call me. Call me this week and let's talk about how we may be able to help you. I really thought I may never hear from him again, but to my um, delight and surprise, he called me about a week later here in the office. And I said, hey, I'm gonna be down at the Maker Center working tomorrow. Will you come by? Will you please stop in? And I talked him into it. And there were three gentlemen there with me that day that were working. And he actually called me again from outside because he was so afraid to walk into the building. And God had appointed the right people to be there that day because all three of the other men that were there all have a story that's not squeaky clean, but they have a story of the gospel and how God has changed their lives. And so he told us that he has two times walked to a church and got outside of it because he feels like he needs God, but he didn't have the courage to go in because he said he wasn't good enough. And that's what we want people to know. That's why when I do announcements up here, I always say we are a church of imperfect people because none of us are good enough, but God loves us anyway. And the gentlemen that were there with me that day made such an impact on him. We're still in contact with him. We hope he's going to be one of our first students to go through some of our programs. But how many more Bobbies are out there? If you think about the fact that he can take the driver's ed and he can do the job skills training, but he can also take our parenting class because he needs to get his son back, he lets me know every time he's got a court case and where he's going. Because yes, I've adopted children from foster care whose families couldn't be put back together, but our dream is to help families not be taken apart in the first place. But if they are, how can we help them be put back together? So we could take our parenting class. His son, where he lives, will attend Mary C. Snow. He'll be one of the kids to come through our center and learn science in the future. And one of the things we're doing with that program is in March, we already have scheduled with Mary C. Snow a family night at the center just for the fifth graders that have taken the science with us so they can bring their parents or grandparents in and show them the augmented reality and what they're learning. Again, trying to pull families in, get a membership, belong here, come and let us just love on you. And so those are some of the ways that we can reach out to the Bobbies in our city and all the ways that <laughs> just one person can be impacted by the Maker Center. While you're up here, you can help me. I wanna ask if you have served in some way, you've swept a floor, you've painted a wall, you've done some woodworking, anything one way or the other, you've, you, you've donated behind the scenes to help us get this, would you just slip up your hand quietly? Will you slip up your hand where, where you are? You've, you've worked on the Maker Center. Just hold your hand up just for a moment, good and high. Okay, those of you with your hands up, please stand. You know what I was going to do. You know, you know that. Will, will you join me in just thanking these folks for the way... Thank you all so much. Michelle, we're going uh, to close it out. Let's give Michelle one more hand. Thank you so much.
I want to encourage you with one thing, and that's this. Let's launch the Maker Center. Let's launch the Maker. Let's do this, as Nike says. Uh, that might look like one of two ways for you. One, it could be volunteer. Volunteer. Uh, you can do that on the app. You can go down to the open house today and put your name down. Just volunteer. You say, well, I'm not a teacher. Well, you can be a mentor. Let's volunteer. There's something for us to do. But secondly, let me encourage you to visit. Visit. Even if you're not sure you're ready to volunteer, visit. Today from 2 to 4, we've got the open house. Just stop by and visit and just see it. And maybe this is not something you can do for the Maker Center, but maybe it's something the Maker Center can do for you. Just leave like I left this week, inspired, ready to take the city for Jesus. Why would we launch the Maker Center? Why must we launch the Maker Center? Because it gives us greater presence in the city. It's a billboard for gospel renewal. It helps us obey Jesus' second greatest commandment. It creates gospel conversations with people who may not drive here. It's an expression of our values. It fits our vision, and it fits our history. Imagine what could happen if we all join together. Let's launch the Maker's Center. Once again, thank you for joining us this week. We look forward to serving you in next week's podcast, along with our weekend services every Sunday morning at 9 and 11 a.m.